Welcome. My name is Patricia and I am the creator and host of Closer Podcast. project that aims to create a genuine and fun dialogue that reveals who we are, how we think, and what moves us. Today we are closer to Gabrielle Kifielut, talking about experiencing music as a metaphor for exploring life. So stay closer and have a look. To learn about yourself is one of the biggest challenges, because uh, if you want to uh... Uh, understand uh, or recognize some patterns in yourself it requires to be brave because in most of the cases you will understand that uh, it's you who created all of this mess closer to Gabrielle Kisielut, who is a musician, a sustainability futurist, and an education advocate. Gabrielle was born and raised in Vilnius, the capital of Lithuania, and is now based in Lisbon. She studied classical piano at the Lithuanian Academy of Music and Theatre, and she holds an undergrad degree in psychology from the Vilnius University. Gabrielle lives a green lifestyle that connects deeply with being mindful and conscious about how she sees the world in the future, a green world filled with music. Right now, Gabrielle is a trainer in a company. She sees education as the beginning of our behavior, choices and consequences. I talked with Gabrielle in February 2020. I'm going to start with a question that I usually start with everyone I, I meet, mm -hmm. which is, uh, what is your earliest memory? And yeah. by earliest memory, it can be anything you remember or you can think of. One of my earliest memories is when uh, we were at home. At that time, my family lived at my grandma's uh, house. Uh, me, two of my sisters and my parents. Uh, and I don't remember who was it, either my father or my grandfather. Um, we were uh, singing the Lithuanian song and there is a line what is in your heart like uh, mm -hmm. the question and um, my father asked uh, Gabrielle what is in your heart and I said spaghetti <laughs> spaghetti <laughs> I was just thinking like what I really really like in life at that time it was spaghetti amazing so. how old were you? Five, four, five-ish. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, that's an amazing answer. It means food is is your thing, is your love in life. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, and I, somehow it really uh, locked in my mind, you know, that yeah. memory. I don't know why, but yeah. So it was very it, honest, like, you know, when yeah, you do yeah. not uh, try to um, be somebody else, but you are just, um, I like spaghetti, so spaghetti is in my heart, like, a simple do. person. <laughs> <laughs> and it's definitely to a traditional uh, seasonal song, like Christmas song, or uh, just no, a traditional? No, it's uh, like... Um, uh, more like a stradic uh, song like uh, it's not even very old uh, traditional song but it's uh, old Lithuanian song from older times let's say okay. like from 1970s mm-hmm. something like that and you used to sing a lot together in your house uh, well it wasn't like very very often but uh, I remember for example when um, I was a kid and we had uh, Christmas Eve dinner, so I was always uh, preparing a song before the dinner because I was little, I was going to musical school and uh, uh, sometimes my cousin, she also sang. In general, all my family sings, like um, it's quite uh, deep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can start uh, singing something randomly. It's not like very, very common, but uh, music is important to yeah. the family. And I didn't know that you took uh, music lessons so early. Yeah, because I started going to a music school, I think, since five. Even when I was in kindergarten, uh, for two years, I took uh, preparation in music school uh, to enter primary school like musical primary school where the main thing is music mm-hmm. you have all the things like math languages um other kind of things but the main um, topic is music okay so we will go back to music mm-hmm. because i know it's a big part of your life and um, you moved to lisbon around a year or not even uh, even more than a oh, year really? ago. Yeah, okay. now it's like one year and four months, more or less. Okay. So when we first talked about why Lisbon from all the places in the world, <laughs> uh, you referred to Lisbon as a place that would make you feel at home mm-hmm. very easily since yeah. the first time you came. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you found some place in the city or even among the people you've met so far that would connect you to the... Dif- so. So you have different interests, which are all very incredible. And I really want to discuss them with you. One is music that you mm-hmm. already opened. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if you found uh, ways to connect all of the parts that belong to you mm-hmm. here. Like my interests. Yes, for example, music. If you find um, an interesting initiative in the city to bring that. Uh, or Because... The thing about music is also that uh, you are very interested in a specific type of music. Yeah. Which is classic music. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm very happy because uh, actually since I moved uh, to Lisbon, uh, quite immediately I started going to concerts. And uh, actually in Lisbon, people are going crazily to classical music concerts that I'm very happy about. Uh, so usually if I find tickets, I sometimes buy just in the beginning of the season, like, I don't know, 
five, eight tickets because I know that they are going to uh, be sold out. So um, yes, my one of my favorite places in Lisbon is Gulbenkian uh, Music yeah. Hall. Um, I still want to go to concerts to some other places. So regarding classical music, I'm happy. What else I would like to make? I really would like to find a place where I could uh, practice piano as well, mm -hmm. like to have a stable place. You mean like a studio where you, or yeah, a like, band, a band. I mean, I don't. You don't call band in, in classical yeah. music. Uh, I don't. At the moment, I don't uh, think about um, uh, playing with others. I would like first to come back to, uh, let's say, a little bit like my music routine, even if it's like two three times per week for two hours that would be okay for me for the beginning mm -hmm. so uh, yes I'm actually like I, I think that I definitely can find uh, a way but uh, honestly I didn't put that many, much efforts for, for that mm -hmm. so regarding music I'm, I'm happy so you were mentioning having two hours every, uh, during three times per week so mm -hmm every time you would spend two hours yeah. practicing which for you might seem very little because i know you've been in the one year uh classic piano training in the lithuanian academy of music and theater yeah uh and you would practice hours yeah like uh, um you practice the at least six times per week so you can have one day off but uh, you need to practice every day um because it's a little bit like a sport it's not just that part but it's uh, your tool is your hands so uh, you must to um, keep the shape as we say in Lithuania. <laughs> Lithuanian. so yeah every day it was like uh, between three to five hours more or less it can be also like mm. seven or eight but uh, for me like more than eight more than five hours it it's just too hard it's i mean even to keep the muscles going from yeah. the wrist and the, the fingers from the hand i'm thinking about when i handwrite mm -hmm. you know i i already get tired if i'm handwriting for you know extended yeah. periods of time so i imagine i mean because you have to put energy and emphasis on the keyboard yeah that, that must be really hard yeah it, uh, of course it depends on uh, the technique and you need to learn how to uh, because you, you don't need to uh, to play tensed if you have a good teacher, a good trainer uh, that you have lessons with, they usually show the way how to, to do that. And the, like it's practice, it's not just, you know, one lesson or two lessons or ten lessons. You start doing that, that from the beginning. Yeah. How did you go from, uh, you know, the traditional musics, uh, the Lithuanian traditional musics to discover classic uh, music? How, how did you get influenced and passionate about it? So... Um, it's nothing very, very special, I would say, because, um, as I mentioned, like two years before going to a primary school, I took uh, music, um, like preparation for music school. Um, and uh, my parents, uh, they put me on the list uh, for that music school. And because I think my, my aunt, she went there. Uh, to the same school and uh, she was a musician mm -hmm. so somehow the parents uh, got that idea and uh, we discussed what uh, instrument so the, the discussion was between 
uh, violin and piano, but my mother didn't want me to put to violin because uh, my aunt played violin and she had bad experience, so I went to to piano okay. in this case. And uh, so I started, I actually finished, when I went to primary school, I finished just first class and then I changed the school, not to musical, but I still took additional musical school. So I went to a normal primary school and at the same time after school I was going to musical school. And you wanted that as a, as a child? You For me it was like, it was fine. I don't remember if, like I liked it. I uh, definitely, it wasn't that I don't like mm -hmm. it or hate it, you know. Yeah. So I liked it and um, um, there was a time when I was thinking that um, I only will be the professional piano player. Like when, you know, when you start thinking at seventh class in a school or eighth. So I had the idea that uh, I will be professional piano player. Then it changed, then it came back and then it changed again. So. And right now? Uh, right now, I'm for now, I'm sure that I don't want to be a professional <laughs> piano player because I tried mm. one year in academy, so I tasted it. It was really interesting experience, the, one of the hardest year in my life. And I just made a decision that I really like music, I want to play, but I don't want this to be my profession. about how music started as a dream job to become a hobby or better saying an essential part of Gabrielle's life from which she does not intend to make money from. We discussed that in the gracefulness of seeing a pianist playing there is a hidden sacrifice of personal life, extreme dedication hours and the result is a magic union between the pianist and the piano itself. Gabrielle explained that playing the piano is an organic process that starts when the pianist physically touches the keyboard, it continues with the sound of the notes and ends only when the music is played back inside the pianist. It is a given back relationship between the human being and a wooden made artifact, the piano itself. Gabrielle presented her quest for living a sustainable life and the influence of education in everything we do. The music theme you are listening to is the audio recording of Gabrielle's concert where she performed by playing the piano solo at the Ballyest Boryana's Music School in Vilnius. What was it so challenging that made you realize that you are definitely passionate about piano but there is a limit to it? So once I started going to academy, um, it's very specific type of learning and of routine is, I would say it's very different from usual studies because if you study some theoretical thing, you can say that, oh, okay, I can 
uh, skip learning for one or two months and then when I have exam you no know, I will prepare like one week crazily but I will pass the exam and with music you cannot do that you must do to practice every day um, which is actually really really nice and what I like that when you go to academy you every day you see people all people are practicing somebody is practicing less somebody is more but you see people and because they know that uh, it's impossible to because they need to learn uh, pieces by heart they need to practice to play it practice under stress a lot of uh, different aspects for me it was very very hard uh, physically especially because i finished psychology as a, in university the degree then i took two years to prepare for academy and then i started like going to academy for those one year so i didn't go straight after musical school and so six years i didn't have the routine of uh, playing music so for me those first year in academy was uh, very hard and i just somehow came to the conclusion that uh, it can be a bit part a big part of my life but it doesn't need to be a work for me yeah it doesn't need to be your source of uh, um, financial yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. background yes yeah. exactly and uh, one aspect for me that uh, was the limitation uh, especially for piano players they spend a lot of time uh, just with piano alone if you study for example violin you practice a lot with orchestra as well or with other uh, musicians and when you play piano uh, you spend much more time practicing just piano and uh, for me it was just too much because too uh, much aloneness too much aloneness yeah mm -hmm. so yeah i'm in general i'm a person that can spend a lot of time alone and i sometimes prefer to spend my free time alone because I relax very well then. But when you want to spend free time and your work is also to being alone, it's it's too much for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That makes a lot of sense. And I, I had no idea about everything you said. And it mm -hmm. reminds me a lot of my uh, classical ballet training mm -hmm. in which it's, it's... I mean, you don't need to be alone for that. So that part is a little bit more... Uh, a little bit different from the piano mm -hmm. training you had but we do have a pianist with us when you see a pianist it looks the most you know light mm -hmm. and obvious thing in the world mm -hmm. and a ballet dancer as well everything looks you know light simple simple yeah. light you like you so can do this you think you look at them and you think i can do it yeah you know and then you try and it's so hard yeah this is the the goal um, I think both for piano play, for any musician and uh, for dancer uh, to make impression that it's light because for uh, for the one uh, who watches um, the performer he can relax you know he can mm -hmm. relax and uh, enjoy aesthetical uh, beauty yeah yeah so it has i mean <laughs> you cannot enjoy something when you see in the face of yeah. the person that they are like <gasps> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> having a hard time today we are closer to gabriel kisielut talking about experiencing music as a metaphor 
for exploring life. This conversation was held in Gabrielle's flat in Lisbon. We sat on the floor of Gabrielle's room where she has a comfortable reading corner. I met Gabrielle because we were roommates for just a couple of days in a shared flat in Lisbon. After only a few hours of knowing Gabrielle, I invited her to join me in the New Year's Eve celebration. We connected and stayed friends ever since. This conversation was followed by a delicious dinner at her flat. professional uh, player it's it's amazing like I have experience with another professional play, a piano player I had one class it was so concentrated it was exactly an hour I had a um, piece in front of me uh, on the piano and the teacher she was like the piano player she was just putting the the finger where I should go okay we play here okay we play here we play here we play here and I never in my life did this before. Like usually you play from beginning to the end, you uh -huh. know, the piece. Or you take some part, but you don't change that, you know, immediately. So she was changing lines. Yeah, she uh, was just uh, pointing random, with the I mean, not randomly, finger. but yeah. Yeah, she just, I first time I played the whole piece. And then like she most likely had idea like what we need to work on. But it was so concentrated. I didn't say any word, any word in an hour. And for me, the feeling was that I'm somewhere, like at, like I'm working, I'm playing, mm -hmm. but I don't know, my, my head is somewhere very high, so concentrated. It was amazing. Like when uh, she said that, okay, we finish, I was like, uh, it, the feeling was that I came back and I just said, thank you. <laughs> I, I and I needed uh -huh. to think what to say because I, I don't know it was because your brain was thinking in not with words but with the probably the notes. Do you ever think or dream in notes in like musical notes? No, I I never. If you want to say hi to someone, you don't mm -hmm. you don't think how this would sound in the piano. <laughs> <laughs> no, but at the same time, it's interesting because, um, you know, our speech, it's mm -hmm. uh, always the music. Because if we would speak the same note, it would count like this, like robots right. speaking, you know? Because we change uh -huh. the tone, we go up, we go down. Yeah, We can be calm, we can be, you know, mm -hmm. uh, more regular. So... Uh, um, so I didn't think how high sounds, but sometimes I have idea like, uh, okay, th what was like the tone of this um, sentence or of this word? Sometimes yeah. it comes to my mind. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that you see the, um, 
am amplitude, could we call it like that, yeah. of the verbal language as if they as if it would correspond or map to different notes. Yeah, because for example, imagine that you are listening uh, to a call of the language that you completely don't understand. Mm -hmm. I don't know some. I don't know. For example, I don't understand Swedish language. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and I listen to a call of two people. So I can't say if uh, there is a conflict, for example, or uh, I can guess at least. You know, I can have an idea what what it is about. What is the feeling? What is the attitude maybe of the one of the person or another without understanding the words mm -hmm. it's just because of tone yeah which corresponds to music i'm thinking also about the experience you had with andrews which was very organic mm -hmm. because you described to me one day that it was about the feeling mm -hmm. of your hands in the keyboard mm -hmm. say more about that because i think it was the first time Mm -hmm. that I heard uh, an explicit connection between playing the piano as being um, physical activity mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, sitting. Yeah, so uh, I think we, are, we want to speak about uh, one of the lessons that we had. Uh, so uh, I was sitting at my piano, he was sitting at uh, his piano, grand piano, and uh, the task was to completely uh, relax the right hand and uh, just click one note with completely relaxed hand and feel um how to explain it's even hard to explain because just because catch, physical activity yeah yeah so catch the feeling well in in my imagination like once your your hand with a finger falls on the key on piano music comes from inside and it goes somehow to you back i don't know if, it, if that's clear but you make the sound but it comes back to you as a vibration again okay. so the the task for me as i as i remember right now is more about that feeling like mm -hmm. about the connection between your physical body and uh, vibration you are somehow the one, you know, you are like interacting with instrument mm -hmm. and it seems like it's instrument, you know, it's a, a thing, it's not life, but at some point it's, it's very life, I would say, yeah. especially like real, not electronic instruments, because they are made of wood, of uh, real natural materials, which uh, vibrates, which changes, so it's, it's incredible. That's an interesting point you're doing with electronic uh, music because I wonder, um, so there is this physical aspect that is missing. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, when we go and see a DJ playing or a mm -hmm. VJ, you know, and I wonder uh, how do you compare classical music mm -hmm. to these different types of music playing such as electronic? Well, I'm not a, a huge fan of electronic music. However, for me, it's always uh, interesting to um, find the beauty in any kind of music. And uh, how I look at electronic music, like this is our uh, nowadays music. This is the tradition of nowadays. You know, after, I don't know, 100, 200 or 300 years, we will speak about, people will speak about uh, 
this time as uh, electronical music time. So definitely it's interesting and there are many, many interesting uh, parts about it. Uh, for me personally, it's more interesting from maybe technical point of view, like uh, how you can use, um, how to explain, like uh, how electronic device can uh, uh, reflect as the real sound, like the uh, uh, as organic as possible, as natural as possible. So, because for example, I I don't like very much techno tech, uh, techno music, yeah. And like uh, five years ago, honestly, I hated that. I I really <laughs> couldn't listen to this music. And once uh, I was visiting my friend in Glasgow. And she really liked techno music. <laughs> and uh, even before I came, we were we were speaking. She invited me, like, I'm going to this club on this and that day. Would you like to go? And they said, uh, how much does it cost? She said, uh, 10 pounds, I think. I said, I don't want to spend 10 pounds on techno music, the one that I don't like, you know. <laughs> and uh, somehow we, start, uh, we started the partying. We came to the point where she's going to the club and I had to come back home because I didn't want to go to the club and I felt uh, badly because I need to leave the party, you know. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm going, you know. Uh, to, you to, changed your mind. Yeah, so I paid 12 pounds <laughs> instead of 10. <laughs> and I enjoyed a lot. And uh, this was the time when I changed my mind. I don't remember if I ever listened after techno music. It didn't become like my my favorite music uh, at that time i found the beauty in it because the um, the sound system was so good that um, there were a lot of natural sounds like earth sounds mm -hmm. these kind of things and uh, the dj did a very very good job and uh, i just felt the sound very well so it changed completely my uh, perspective uh, for techno music also i think experiencing techno music and these more electronic types have a social flavor to it mm -hmm. so if you are in a club or in a, a festival i don't know where you were but i'm guessing there would be a lot of people around you mm -hmm. um, enjoying it and this collectiveness mm -hmm. you know being in a crowded place you know bodies uh, just uh, bumping into each other because of the movements that people are doing uh, expressing yeah i think that also contributes a lot to the feeling of electronic music which a little bit contrasts with your experience of aloneness in the piano mm -hmm. of course then concerts uh classic concerts uh, have more people mm -hmm. definitely but also the interaction uh, between the pianist and the audience is very different i'm sure from the one that is playing the electronic music and uh, yeah yeah like i i would say that dj most i, I think that dj feels more involved in uh, the whole not in the whole process but um, he feels more surrounded by people and he feels maybe more as a part of party i would say you know and yeah. uh, he sees that people uh, enjoys his work and um, yeah while for example piano player he would never look at the audience while playing exactly you know? the thing is that when you play you are really concentrated and right. it's simply it's hard because you um 
for example, if you play a hard piece, I don't know, like uh, intense piece, let's say some piece of Beethoven that usually has a very um, intense uh, content, I would say. So you have the whole piece in your mind as the beginning and you need to, I don't know how to explain, like to bring it to the end. So you cannot look at nobody because if you look, you lose where you are there. Well, it depends on piece because, uh, yeah. you, for example, you can play with uh, viol um, viol the one that plays violin. <laughs> the violinist. Violinist, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so then you look uh, more at each other because when you play together... You need to coordinate. Yeah, you yeah. need to coordinate. It's the same as an orchestra, like uh, orchestra players, they look at conductor. There is a general tendency for people to associate classical music more with older people. For example, you mentioned there are a lot of people in music, uh, classic music concerts, mm -hmm. but I rarely see young people. For example, I'm thinking about my group of friends, and it feels like even to like openly being a young person, classic music can be a stage of some stereotypes. Mm -hmm. So... Why do you think that happens uh, and do you ever feel that towards you? Uh, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I always liked classical music. Uh, I always liked playing. Uh, but at some points, I was um, I didn't feel very comfortable to see my friends that I play classical music. Or if, for example, I was uh, I needed to go to a piano lesson or spend time on learning classical music, you know, while my friends were going to dance street dance or to learn jazz music or something <laughs> like that, I was like, it was a bit like limitation for me. I don't know yeah. why, actually. Maybe it's natural because it is old music. It's not uh, the music that is being created nowadays. Mm -hmm. Most of classical music, like, I don't know, it's... Um, 80% that we still play, it's uh, from old types that uh, composers are not here anymore. So another thing is that the classical music is hard. It's, you need to have knowledge about that. It's, it's hard to listen without knowledge. Even for me, many years, I don't know, um, I didn't like symphonies. For example, mm -hmm. like pieces for the orchestra, yeah? I only started liking them mm, six years ago, seven years ago, maybe. Because before, for me, it sounded like uh, like a mess. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand. It's just so noisy, like something is happening. I don't understand what. And uh, later, we had classes where we needed to follow the, the symphonies. And the teacher was explaining more about everything. And suddenly... I started hearing like different parts. Now when I listen to the orchestra, I can concentrate and hear just one instrument. So, uh, but it took time even when I was studying uh, classical music. So I can imagine that for some people it's just too hard and for, for them, uh, you know, it's boring. It's the same like with techno music. I didn't go there because I didn't get a point. What What is the beauty there? And, uh, but sometimes you need just one small experience. I uh, try to um, invite when I go to classical music concerts, 
my friends who do not know anything about or who does not go very often to classical music concerts. I'm happy when they join and uh, I always invite them just to uh, easy classical music, let's say. So, because you need to start from something that is more pleasurable, that does not have very heavy components. Another part that it's important for me to live sustainably, which sounds very trendy nowadays, yeah. I would say uh, for me simply, I think because in my childhood I had the example of eating more organic food just because we had garden in the, uh, at, like next to our house. To live sustainably for me comes from my desire to live better for all of us. I would say, and I think that uh, the first uh, point where I need to start the change, it's myself. So I cannot tell a person to uh, stop using plastic if I use plastic myself, you know, so it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the same as to say a person don't swear when you swear, you know, so you must to be example and um, I like it because it's challenging for me um, and for me the purpose is very clear like we have a big 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 problem and um, I want to be example uh, in order to try to be a part of solving that problem. There is something you wrote in your Instagram mm -hmm. and I love this post that you made uh, and I wonder if you want to read it for me. Uh, I can. Here. Okay, <laughs> I can. Uh, about the power of education. I'm sitting in front of my wardrobe and dreaming about new gloves, coat, few pairs of shoes, new dress, few sweaters, pair of jeans, white shirts, and it will be a wish for some time um, as there are other priorities now. Another reason is that I don't want to buy in fast fashion shops I want to buy a good quality, sustainably made things that usually are more expensive. Do you know where I have learned to choose in this way? Uh, in a family. We did not have lots of money when I was a kid. This is why we never had unnecessary things. If me or my sisters needed uh, good winter shoes, our mother was looking for a good quality leather new pair and not the cheapest because she was counting in advance. When the zipper used to break or it used to tear, we had been bringing them to a shoemaker to repair again and again and again. A same pair of shoes was uh, legendary serving me at least 3-4 years. The same technique was used in other parts of our daily life. 
it, I was missing new, beautiful, attractive clothes, toys, and other things. However, our mother always tried to ensure that we get the best education. We could try all activities we wanted, and she invested if we wanted to grow professionally in one or other field. I think this uh, has curved our future in the best way. We also had nutritional food, little of sweets, and understanding of veggies growing in our own garden. All this formed such essential habits in my daily life in, in this over-consuming fast-paced environment. The priorities are still the same. Health, education, and good quality things. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I know you have many, many posts. I really like this one because it is, I don't know, I felt when I read it, I felt surprised by it. Mm -hmm. in some way and I thought in a good message it brings but also on the things that you were mentioning like um, that you wanted something else but not for now so the waiting period yeah and I wonder how how it was for you to grow up as a kid you know maybe seeing your friends having more things more toys and how did you deal with this disruption um, well actually it's a good question I never thought that much um well as a kid you can't deal actually with that you just this is your reality if you do not have everything you want you just don't have it you know so you can cry but your mother is not going to buy you because she simply doesn't have money for that um so we were never crying let's see but what it brought to my life and to my sisters, the lack of material goods that we wanted, um, we were seeking for that. Like me and my sisters, we started working very early, not because our uh, parents uh, asked us to work or something, but because we wanted a new dress, for example. And we know that it's not necessary and we never had uh, strength to ask our mother unnecessary thing because we saw how much she works and uh, how much she cares about us about uh, making food about uh, driving us to school from school to one activity from another activity so uh, we somehow like respected really respected her uh, at the same time, we had wishes, you know, especially like little little girls, they, they see, um, I don't know, beautiful dressed friends and they want also to, uh, to dress in a nice way. So this brought, like the lack of material goods brought to me and my sister's ambition to seek that. So we changed our life completely. And uh, first, my sisters changed it because uh, they are five, six years late, uh, older than me. And uh, uh, still, they are the best example for me how to seek in life. So at that moment, when we were, were kids, we were not dealing with that. But this um, situation brought just good things, I would say. You live a very sustainable lifestyle mm -hmm. in the core essence of what sustainability could mean. And I wanted to talk with you about the drawbacks that this lifestyle could have 
there are some social challenges around it. For example, if you are with friends or family that don't share the same values or even um, the fact that uh, life is messy and we need to improvise. So um, we don't always have the same rhythm or, or routines. Uh, we, we, we travel by plane, we have holidays. Um, we have days where we are sick or we just are not in the mood to take care of us so much. When you find these walls to mm -hmm. your self-care, mm -hmm. how do you motivate yourself or how do you even forgive yourself for not uh, taking care of you the way you want it sometimes? So first of all, I fail a lot. I fail a lot and uh, I let myself to fail. Uh, I don't like failing, but I still do that. So when you say fail, you mean um, I mean, for example, you disappoint yourself or yeah, yeah at some point. Yeah, mm -hmm. let's say that uh, I try not to use plastic, but I still use it. And uh, in some situations, it is not necessary to to, to use, but I still use it Even because it's easier. Like you yeah. go, you go and you you just buy I don't know like a, a, a lettuce inside a plastic bag. Yeah. Uh, I even failed more because I told myself that uh, this year, from January, I will count the plastic that I use. And I collect all, I try to collect all the plastic that I use per month. And then I summarize and I share with people, honestly, like what, uh, what I used. And there are a lot of things that are not necessary. Like a week ago, I was craving for crisps and I bought a bag of crisps in plastic and I'm going to show people that, yes, I'm doing that. And I still count that I'm trying to live uh, sustainably, you know. I would say that the world is kind of divided in two worlds. Mm -hmm. The sustainable people mm -hmm. and the fun people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what you Funny? think about the fun. Yeah, fun the people. fun. Mm -hmm. so, so like eating meat is fun. Eating mm -hmm. vegetables is boring. This is one point of view that I, I found uh, on some of the people that I've been talking to about this subject. Um, and the world sustainability or even environment seems to be, to be deeply connected with some sort of um, activistic behavior, activism, mm -hmm. you know, uh, or even equivalent sometimes to more serious and boring conversations. And I wonder if you've ever been stereotyped or felt that you were being stereotyped and how have you dealt with it? How have you reacted? Well, I never felt that I'm stereotyped. Uh, however, I usually if I meet new people, they think that I'm uh, uh, either vegetarian or vegan. Um, even we don't go anywhere out together, but um, they look at you and they <laughs> look at me and they see what that I use, for example, essential oils or I drink herbal tea. And just that somehow brings them the idea that I'm vegetarian or vegan. I'm not. I eat everything. Yeah, so I didn't feel stereotyped. Uh, but I see that the sustainable lifestyle is usually uh, very often associated with a hippie lifestyle. Uh, or yes, like those who live sustainably, they are counted as good. And those who eat meat, let's say, they are counted as bad. So... You know, actually, this reminds me a little bit our conversation about uh, classical music, that uh, classical music is more stereotyped for old people and uh, like 
let's say electronical music is more for young people so the um, conclusion is the same for me like uh, it's education you know so without the education sustainable lifestyle will be boring for a person who doesn't know anything about that so where do you find fun in having this lifestyle because i know you make challenges you make this yeah. challenge of for example the plastic yeah, yeah you made a challenge of the sugar yeah 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 so the most fun it's a challenge and uh, you know at one day i was thinking like okay like i don't know like let's say i will live more 50 years yeah or 60 years and uh, will i see like really a huge change after 50 or 60 years i don't know it's possible that uh, after 50 or 60 years we see more waste in the world so i'm not mm -hmm. sure and uh, so then i was thinking okay so does it make sense that i still live this uh, lifestyle and i came to the decision somehow naturally it was more like a feeling that like there is no other way now to live differently i believe that every small thing counts in in world and you need to find some way to live you know so somebody chooses to be a vegan somebody chooses to be vegetarian somebody chooses to live sustainably somebody chooses to party all the life and every decision is okay you know as long as you find uh, your way and that way can change also in your life are offered with uh, very easy decisions this uh, like nowadays we can buy things very very cheaply we do not know the way how it's produced for example like we go to H&M to Primark to Zara and we find uh, nice gloves for three five euros on the sales season and we are happy they just feel good you know in that way but nobody writes like who created that uh, piece of glove uh, like under what conditions does that person pursue that uh, skirt or dress does that person uh, has food to eat are they paid at all like for pursuing the conditions they they make it horrible but we do not know that mm -hmm. but also if we think about it personally so you walk you wake up in the morning and you take out your pajamas and you dress your naked skin mm -hmm. with a tissue yeah <laughs> that actually it's the first contact between you and the world so yeah. what protects you that you actually don't know what uh, how it's going to interact with your skin which is something i never thought of deeply but uh, it is true where where was this produced and yeah. how is it interacting with my skin right now I personally always like to, um, um, I don't know, to feel things, doesn't matter what is it. I like to feel people, doesn't matter what emotions they bring to me. Everything is interesting. Either they bring anger to me, either they bring uh, happiness or sadness. For me, it's interesting. 
uh, it's the same with everything else. I like to taste, I like to feel uh, sense, I like to feel materials. So for example, then uh, if I choose new piece of cloth, uh, the thing, th the first thing that I do, I touch uh, with my hands, and I feel, uh, try to feel how how it feels, and just by touching, usually I can say if it's natural material or not, just by touching. You studied psychology as an undergrad. Mm -hmm. You you eventually did a thesis that was also related with music. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how you would picture this together, because it seems like a love triangle. It's interesting. I would say that, uh, I don't know how I came to this, but I would say the base in everything this is music, somehow. I don't know why, uh, because it was first in my life. Uh, early, it came earlier than psychology and uh, sustainability. Psychology I uh, chose very accidentally just because I didn't know what I want to study and because I liked the music so I related those two, two things, my studies and uh, let's say my passion. The first thing and uh, the widest thing that you can discover, most likely this is the lie that I'm going to say, but uh, you first need to discover yourself, you know, so because without understanding who you are, it's a bit risky to try to understand what is outside i would say you can try but um, you may make many mistakes and um, actually all of these parts psychology music and uh, sustainability all of them have challenge because to live sustainably sustainably it's challenge to learn music it's challenge and uh, to learn about yourself is one of the biggest challenge because uh, if you want to uh, um, understand uh, or recognize some patterns in yourself, it requires to be brave because in most of the cases, you will understand that uh, it's you who created all of this mess. <laughs> 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 and it's everything about people. It's everything everything about those who are we are dealing every day it's amazing like there is no the same person no the same spirit no the same character like we are all so 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 unique and we have the most beautiful and the most ugly parts like the the um, i always see that the diapason that we have in a good part we have the same diapason in the bad part and it's actually very scary because uh, you can grow that, you know, and if you go, grow your good part, you know that you can go the same way to the bad part. So you really need to be, to be aware about that sometimes. It's scary because, you know, like, okay, I went to, to grow to the better part, but you are, like, uh, enhancing the... the and like let's say minus part as well mm -hmm. so it's interesting for me it's like people are the most interesting thing in this life this is the only planet with people so <laughs> that we know of yeah that's true so as the last question i i wanted to ask you um what is the thing that people don't know but it's great that they would know some something you would like to share even if it's 
small for you could be life-changing? Actually, I would say that everything is fine with us. <laughs> you know, people yeah. sometimes think that uh, there are so many problems or that they are not good enough. Everything is fine. Like You don't need to throw anything from yourself. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how ugly or bad the thing is. It takes some part in yourself and it's not without purpose in yourself. So do not throw anything from yourself. Just uh, become like a friend with that, with that part. like the experience of being closer you can support this project in multiple ways all closer episodes happen in person so i frequently travel to meet my guests i have created a patreon account that you can use to support my travels as a way to have access to more amazing guests and to provide a richer content for you if you prefer to support closer in another way you can subscribe to this podcast leave a review or just talk with someone that you feel would appreciate listening. Closer is also welcoming sponsors. All support is accepted and appreciated in any form. Even by just being there and listening, you are supporting this project so much. My name is Patricia Alves Oliveira. I am the curator, producer, editor and host of Closer Podcast. The Closer is a podcast project that aims to create a genuine and fun dialogue that reveals who we are, how we think, and what moves us. In each episode, I sit with a guest, and together we dive into genuine conversations about what drives them crazy and what makes them laugh. This podcast emphasizes face-to-face, in-person conversations as a way to go back to the most basic yet effective way of communication, the one that occurs when we share the same physical space. So thank you and welcome closer. Yeah.